Hey folks, we've got John Hunter on the show this week, which actually lined up really well because he's right in the hunt for angle of the year, and I've been meaning to talk to him for a while on that front, so we made it happen. I'm not 100% sure what the show will you know, look like in a post-Kyle world, um, but I definitely have a few interviews that I want to get to over these next couple weeks, and there's always plenty of interesting folks to talk to in and around bass fishing. So uh, I would say stay tuned for that because uh, I really enjoyed this and, you know, it's not anything super special. We talk about AOI, we talk about jerk baits, you know, we talk about a new business venture he's got going on, but uh, it is, I think, pretty good. John's a likable guy. He's been at this for actually quite a long time. Um, I remember his co-angler days, which really just means that I'm old um, now, but uh Anyhow, here is Kentucky Pro in the AOI hunt, John Hunter. Alrighty, and we are joined now by uh, Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit Pro, John Hunter. Uh, currently sitting third in AOI, uh, really having one of the best seasons of his career, to be honest. Uh, John, thanks for coming on the show. You're crushing life. <laughs> thanks for having me, Jody. It's a pleasure to, to join you on here. Um, so I feel like, I guess in my head, I don't have exactly what happened in your elite series career locked in, but I know back in 2015, you won co-angler of the year on the FLW tour. And I believe you had a top 10 at Seminole the same year in the Toyota series. And then I think you also qualified for the elite series. So like that was maybe your best year of fishing ever. Um, but man, yeah, this year is going year. good. <laughs> yep, yep, no doubt. Uh, that that was a fun year for sure, and uh, this year has been a blast as well. And heck, I've had fun. I, you know, even the seasons that I haven't done well, I have fun. Uh, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to to be able to do this and chase this dream and uh, just try and uh, learn and become a better angler and a better person every time you're out there. Do you feel like this year? you have like do you feel like something has changed in your fishing at all because you had a prior to 2022 you had a real excellent ability to like throw up a triple digit finish like at least once a year and you haven't come close this year like you're yeah you look like you're on cruise control (laughs) that's what's been my my achilles heel pretty much if you look every year i have finished like I think in the sixties and the standings and the tour every year, like missing the championship by like, you know, if I can just have a 90th instead of 120th kind of thing every year. Um, and every year I'll have, you know, usually a top 10, um, and then a couple cuts and then I'll have like, like 110th and 120th. And those just absolutely just those crush you. And, um, yeah, I've just tried to make it a point uh, this year to, 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 to avoid those. And what kind of what I went into this year, I kind of looked at my track record of fishing Bassmaster Opens versus FLW Tour, and I, 
I'm like, man, why is it every year, the past like three or four years, I'm in contention to requalify? Like top it's seven, eight in the points in the opens. And, you know, and there, there are more people, more packed field, more pressure on the lakes. You got co-anglers. There's a lot of variables going against you in those. Oh, and, yeah, they're uh, really I hard. Manage, and I always manage to be in the top ten of the point. Like, I mean, every year I get I get an early entry. You know, early entry codes, that means you're top 20. And that's usually with ease. So I'm just like, how – what is – what's going on? Like, why are these so much – you know, so much different than the, you know, the tour or now the pro circuit. Yeah. What there, There's something going on. It's a mental, it's got to be mental because, you know, I, I fish so well in, in the open series and over here I'll have good events, but then I just completely, you know, get lost a time or two. And um, a lot of it's maturing, you know, it's being the lakes numerous times. And I think more so this year, I just said, and the opens I've always been really relaxed. It's almost like a bonus deal. Like, Oh, you know, if we, if we catch them good, if we don't, then that's all right. You know, we've got, we've got the tour and we got another series of opens. And, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to go into it with the mindset of everything this year. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it is, it is what it is. If you don't catch them, you're going to go home. You're going to go to another Derby. So um, I just kind of had the mindset of just, just go to everyone with kind of a nothing to lose mentality and, uh, and just fish free and, and really fish off your gut. Um, a lot of, a lot in the past you get stuck into thinking you have to do a certain thing. And this year I've fished a ton off instinct and, uh, a ton off, uh, uh, and, and a lot of just my strengths and it's really, it's really panned out. So, um, that's been the biggest difference fishing, fishing off instinct, trying to fish a little more loose and, uh, and trying and try and lean on my strengths a little more. That's kind of cool that you, I'm not saying you're not trying as hard or anything, but like, it, it's kind of cool that you were able to improve your fishing by consciously trying to be more relaxed, you know, cause there's some guys who they don't look relaxed at all and they absolutely crush them. And then John Cox is, you know, constantly relaxed and constantly crushing them. Like there's, it can work both ways, I guess, but that's, that's neat that you could sort of identify that and change it. And then you're actually seeing results. Yeah. And, and another thing, Jody, is I, one thing I've tried to do this year is, Oh, is try and fish for, uh, trying to look for, and it's hard to do. Um, it's really hard to do, especially with two days of practice. But that's kind of where some history and, and being around now for I'm not, you know, I'm not really one of the it's hard to say this. I used to enjoy being one of the young guys, but I'm really probably not so much anymore. I've kind of been doing it for seven years now, six, seven years now. So I've it, it, it kind of plays to my advantage because a lot of times I can I can try and look for that little off the wall deal and just know if I don't find it, what I can do at, at some of these places to still salvage a tournament. And that's really valuable, and that's just experience and, and being places, you know, numerous times. It gives you that, it gives you that opportunity, and that, uh, you know, allows you to take that little bit of risk or gamble in practice to go try and find that bite that not everyone's looking for, and uh, it can be super, super cool when you find that bite because it's, you know, just a little more, 
little more or less pressured fish and uh just you know you have it to yourself so uh yeah it's, it's good to good to have been to some of these places and have some history at them where have you seen that ability to look for something else and know you have a backup where have you seen that pay off so far this season yeah i mean you know we've now been to starting at rayburn we've been there numerous times in january um and uh and so i knew i was going to probably be able to go run a trap shallow in some of the you know more more popular areas harvey mud you know all those just historic places if if i couldn't find something off the wall so you know i made sure i could get a bite or two bite or two doing that and then i pretty much just focused all my time trying to find some little some off the wall little creek channel shallow brush and creek channel swings stumps trees that were holding fish that I could really key in on my, my active target, my Lowrance and, uh, and, and catch some, you know, some fish that aren't getting fished for. I was in some of those really kind of historic popular areas, but I was fishing, you know, making casts that, that people weren't making. Uh, a lot of guys were still running chatterbait trap all around me up on the bank. And I was out three or four casts and a couple, couple different Creek turns and a couple, you know, shallow flats with piles and uh, using my active target and a jerk bait to catch uh, to catch some fish there, and uh, that was fun, man. I, I got you know a lot of a lot of key bites, and uh, it was a fun tournament. I still didn't catch a ton, um, but I was catching the right ones and getting just enough bites to to have a good tournament. Um, and then let's yeah, see, and that, where did we go after that? Uh, well, in that tournament that? too, like it, you know, it was only three days because we had that canceled day, and so. You finished thirteenth. Yep. Like theoretically, you could have made the top ten if you'd gotten the fish day three. You know, you were right there. Yeah, the and I, that that bummed that bummed me out because I was jerking and you know a little more. You know, it was a lot of wind, but where I was was going to be protected enough to have just a nice little chop on the water. And I think I really would have would have caught them that day. <laughs> it was sunny and windy, and uh, and I think they really would have been. I was really bummed, and I knew what I was on was like a fourteen to you know, like a 14 pound, 15 pound kind of deal. You know, if you had one extra good bite, you could have close to 15 or 16. And, um, so I knew I was probably going to thought I could be consistent with it, which is why I wanted as many days as possible. If you, you know, if you stay consistent, a lot of these tournaments, numerous days, all you're going to do is keep, keep climbing. Um, yeah, no doubt. but but yeah, no, it was a good tournament. I was thankful for, for how it turned out. Um, so yeah. Um, I don't know where we went after that, Jody. I, I'm trying to remember my so brain. So it was it was the Harris whirlwind. chain, which if oh, you look yeah. on the if oh, you look wow. on the schedule, like that's the one that John Hunter should crush him in. Because dude, you have you have a really good history offshore in Florida, and then like just on the Harris chain in general, you've got a really good history. Yeah, the Harris chain's been good to me. I think, like, maybe I've fished seven turns there, and I've made a top 20 in, like, five of them or something um, with, like, three, maybe three top tens or, yeah, two, three. I don't know. It's been good to me, though. Um, and, and yeah, if you made me circle one at the beginning of the year and said, which one do you have the best chance to win this year? I, yeah, I would have I circled it. Uh, and it's funny. I feel like every year I'd – I pick one that I'm looking forward to the most. I suck in it. Um, <laughs> so I was disappointed with the, disappointed with the Harris chain. It's the one, it's the tournament. It's, 
you know, kept me from probably leading AOY. Um, it yeah. is. I finished, I don't know, I finished in the 60s there, I think, or 70. I don't, it wasn't good. Um, I got a check, but, you know, barely. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I ran around too much the first day, and, I, I mean, I've been doing this long enough. The more you run around in Florida, the worse off you are. And I just tried so hard to avoid uh, um, the Banana Cove. We called it Party Cove. And the in the year before in the open there, there was only like three of us in there. And, and I had a really good event, and everyone in there did. And then, you know, just got exposed this year. More grass grew there. and uh, But there were so many guys in there. I tried to avoid it, tried to avoid it, ran around the first day, and uh, – the second day I just kind of hunkered down and went in there about 11 or 12 and, and salvaged the tournament at least. Um, and then kicked myself all the way home for not, for being so hard headed. But, um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, that was a bummer. It, it just was, um, I thought I had something special going on some kind of hard spots offshore and some little shallow pieces of brush. Um, but I just think, you know, it just wasn't quite there. We were there. It just wasn't post-spawn enough. You know, they, they tend to get on that stuff a little bit later or even earlier. And, uh, I just think it, they weren't quite, weren't quite transitioned out there yet. Um, but, uh, you know, salvaged, salvaged the tournament, uh, you know, avoided a, a really big number finish there. Cause it really could have been if I hadn't made an adjustment on day two and, uh, and, and went in there and, and caught a couple nice fish. So, uh, avoided, uh, avoided, a, a dodge the bullet there, but I was bummed because yeah, I love that place. And, uh, I just didn't, you know, didn't get it going there this year. That was then, I guess, probably your sort of closest call thus far between, you know, one of those triple digit finishes and a solid finish, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, okay. uh, you know, and, and that's, and that's everything in fishing, it's decisions. And that's been my whole year. It's like, when you get on a roll of making the right decisions, it's hard to make a bad one. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but it really is. Like, I feel like every time I make a move this year and every tournament I fish, um, I've, it's been a good move. Um, you know, every time I'm just like, pull the plug on this and going to do this, it's bam right when I start it, you know, it works out. Um, and, and that's big for your confidence because that's contagious. The more you do that, um, you know, it, 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 it just seems to continue happening. I mean, I know there's going to be a time where it, it doesn't, you make a move and it doesn't happen, but then you've got to learn to, to say, okay, let's make another move and, and have enough, uh, and have enough, you know, mental strength and, uh, to, to make that move and, and try and keep adapting to, to make something good happen. No doubt. Have uh, So I guess kind of this year, like obviously AOY is on the radar now, but were you, you probably weren't even like sort of thinking, hey, I want to shoot for AOY this year. You were probably just thinking, hey, I, this year I'm going to try and relax. I'm going to try and fish a little bit better, more consistent, and I'm going to, you know, qualify for the title. Like I assume that was the goal going in, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I said this year, like you, exactly like you said, I'm going to fish a little looser and, uh, you know, uh, 
let's try to qualify for the title and you know maybe maybe top 10 in points would 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 be would be would be awesome be a bonus um and you know we had that had a really good start to the year then had a little a little mishap at harris you know 60th place finish i think um and uh then pickwick uh that was that was a good event um you know i was in the I think I was second going into the third day. And anyways, ended up with a sixth place finish and, uh, that bumped me way up. So now, you know, you're top 10 in points and you're thinking, okay, now, now AOI is, is possible. You know, we're in the hunt. Um, that's what really going into Gunnersville where I was, where I was like, you know, this is, this is possible. Um, let's just keep having good events. Let's keep making good decisions and let's keep, uh, let's keep, uh, let's keep rolling and you never, never know what can happen. And then Gunnersville was, was a good finish. Um, I got on, you know, I, I caught a couple of, I, I was really proud of my Gunnersville tournament because I caught them every which way you can catch them there and was super, you know, had to be super versatile and, uh, fish my strengths, was able to catch some jerking and doing something that I didn't see anyone else in the field doing for a while. And, uh, it was just a fun tournament because I got to catch them the way I wanted to catch them. And, uh, and, you know, I also had to mix in some ways I didn't want to have to go catch them, which is out there in a crowd on the ledge. And, um, I even went up shallow the last day and sight fished and caught a real big one on a brim bed. So it, it was just a fun tournament. And then, you know, I had, I think I finished around 20th there and moved up to wherever I, to where I am now, third in the point. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's in the picture, you know, I think, I'm going to have to have two more really good events. Um, I think at least, at least two more top twenties, um, average to, to have a shot at it. Um, you know, the guys in front of me are really good. Um, Spencer leading it. He's just incredible angler and he doesn't mess up much. So, um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to really, uh, really string together two, two nice tournaments to, to give this thing a shot. It seems like maybe your best chance to pick up ground on Spencer is uh, maybe this next one at the James. Because you've actually fished the James a fair amount, fishing bass opens, I imagine. Um, and yeah. uh, I don't yeah, think, sure. not many people in the field really have. And uh, he's almost certainly going to be hard to handle up at Champlain. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's good on Champlain and... Uh... Yeah, I completely agree with you. The James is probably my my best chance. But the James is tough. I mean, the James is tricky, pretty much, pretty much for anyone, whether you've been there or not. Um, so it, it can be it can be kind of a kind of a place where if you get behind on tides and it, you know it can it can get tough on you. But uh, no, I, I am comfortable in the James. I fished it a bunch. I've been there. I think I've been there three times now for opens. Um, and uh, I think I've got like a 30th, of, like and maybe a 50th, and I don't know, somewhere another one around there. Um, so, you know, I've had some, some okay finishes there, no, nothing really high. But what I've been on some, some bites there where it could have been, you know, if some things went my way, um, I could have had good events. So I'm excited, um, excited to go there. I think we're going at a great time. I think they're going to be really, really biting. And I think everyone's going to catch a lot of fish. So, um, 
fingers crossed I can uh my timing can be right and uh I make make some more good decisions and uh have a good event there nice I know uh like I so Butler I don't think was planning on going to pre-practice but then he kind of realized where he was in the standings and he's like man I better go pre-practice did you did you go pre-practice have you been doing that considering there's two days of practice like what's your (laughs) strategy been like this year and has it changed at all yeah so Rayburn, I did go pre-practice um, just because it was so, you know, tournament was in tournament was in January, pre-practice was in January. Nothing's changing there, you know. And Rayburn's such a monster lake, and uh, there's so many just uh, just unturned stones there. So, so I uh, I did go I did go pre-practice Rayburn, and and it helped me. You know, I I learned a little bit about how some of those fish sit in some of those creek turns and, and how they use them in the in the winter. But uh, so it helped me. I didn't pre-practice uh, Pickwick, Harris Chain. Actually, I did go to the Harris Chain for a couple of days, just kind of look for grass. And to be honest with you, it probably hurt me worse than anything because uh, I pretty much knew what I was going to – if I would have just gone there knowing what I was going there to do, I would have been a lot better off. I tried to get real cute go in there and pre-practice and find some, you know, new stuff and off the wall stuff. And it, it bit me in the butt, but, uh, Pickwick and Gunnersville, I did not practice, you know, their springtime events, stuff changes by the day, sometimes the hour mm-hmm. in those, in those kind of tournaments. So I just didn't see, and I, and I had been to the lakes before. So like knowing the areas and knowing stuff, I knew what everything looked like. And it, it just, I didn't see any value in going to those places. Um, so I did not go there, and I, you know what? I did go to the James. I probably, I probably shouldn't have. Uh, no, I don't want to say that. You know and why? But, uh, so I did. What's go. the reason? Just because you think it was too much, and now you're going to have like some two week old information kicking around in your head, or, or you just didn't no, find I anything did, new? Yeah, or? yeah, because. Because here, here's the deal. When I was there, they were spawning their butt off in pre-practice. Okay. Um, and I kept trying so hard to not get suckered in to what they were doing right then. Um, because I just really had a feeling that when we come back, uh, and I could be wrong. They could still be spawning everywhere. and you know, Seems unlikely. Have to make but, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll right, see. But you never know. Like, uh, I, and if it is, then I'm just going to have to go figure that bite out then, you know, and that's, and I figured that's fine. If that's the way it is, then, then I'll go, I'll go, I'll go figure it out then. But I kept, you know, trying to look for places that, you know, that I think they'll, they'll be then and what they'll be doing, maybe a little more court current oriented things and things a little bit, you know, maybe farther out, just stuff, stuff yeah. that I think they'll, they'll be, they'll be on then. And uh, I didn't really have a great practice, so like, or a great pre-practice. Now, granted, I didn't fish a ton. I did a lot of looking. So I was like, if I'm going up here, I'm going to try and look at some places that I've never, never really looked at, never really seen, um, just to kind of get a feel of if I get on, if I do get on a bite, I'm like, oh, yeah, this creek looks like this, or this, you know, this area looks like this. So I kind of, I did a lot of just, you know, riding around, looking, idling around. I did fish a little bit um, in some areas that I never fished for, fished around just to maybe get some confidence in them. Um, but I didn't like set the world on fire. I know people up there were catching the just absolute crap out of them. But um, 
you know, I, I, what little I fished, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't crush them, but I don't know, Jody, I don't know why I said maybe I shouldn't have, you know, I just, um, I'm happy I went at least now I can't say that I didn't try, you know, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You put I, your I time in. Felt, I felt, I, exactly. I put my time in. So hopefully it'll, you know, it'll pay off. And, uh, I can't say it wasn't because of lack of effort. <laughs> yeah. Based? So, uh, yeah, I, I did, I did go up there though for, it was very brief. I went for literally, it was eight and a half hours there and eight and a half hours home. And I was there one full day and another day till about two thirty. So, um, yeah, based on, not, not very long, based on like some practice reports, it might've been like the greatest tournament of all time. If we'd had the tournament during pre-practice, cause it was yeah. apparently really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, it was good. Like what, when I did go up and fish, I was catching fish. I just wasn't like, I was hearing some people catching some absolute giants and, uh, I didn't catch any like really, really big ones. Um, but, uh, well, like I said, I wasn't up, I wasn't shallow in the, in the slack area. You know, I wasn't fishing. When you go there in the spawn, you fish, you fish where the water's not moving, where there's least amount of current. And I wasn't looking in those areas because I think when we get back, uh, they'll want, they'll want some flow. So, yeah. And that's, like, you know, we don't give out any trophies for practice. We like especially don't give out pre-practice trophies. So right, that's a right, that's a key right. factor there. Yep, um, absolutely, absolutely. You've got AOI on the horizon. You've also kind of got the Bass Pro Tour on the horizon. I mean, you're in realistically like pretty good shape to qualify uh, for it. I think is that a uh, is yep. that something you want to do? Do you do you want to fish that style? Would you try and fish both? Have you thought about it at all yet? Man, I really haven't thought about it a whole lot, Jody. I I'm just I'm just taking it one tournament at a time. Just uh, I know everyone says it, but I really I really haven't thought about it a ton. I've just kind of just said, you know what? We'll just whatever happens happens, and we'll make that decision. Um, when the time comes this fall. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to keep trying, uh, keep trying to catch as many fish as I can keep having fun. And, uh, we'll see, we'll see how everything, uh, how everything shakes out here in a few months. Okay. I, I like it. It's definitely, I mean, it should be a fun finish to the season. Cause I know you've been to the James a bunch, but a lot of other people haven't. I literally have only ever driven over it. I'm looking forward to that tournament. And then I'm, of course, looking forward to Champlain. It'll be a wild card. The James River will be a wild card. It'll be – it will be. It's a – it's a – yeah. For people – like you said, a lot of people haven't been there. It should be – it should be a wild card, which is which is cool, um, yeah. having that the second to last event of the season. So, I think all year yeah. everyone's had it circled on the schedule as, like, the one where the most – different stuff can happen you know not nothing against the tennessee river but like we kind of know what bass tournaments do at the tennessee river and yeah yeah, this one is this one is it's got the potential to be really fun really interesting which is good yeah um yeah absolutely i agree I guess I want to maybe and then champlain to champlain to end it that's a fun one to end on so It'll be yeah. fun. Well, and you're fun. No, and you know I'm partial to Champlain, so. But yep, yep, yep. Um, 
I, I guess before I want to, you've got like, you've got some stuff, some news, so to speak, that I want to hit. But before we dive into into that, I know you've caught a lot of fish on a jerk bait this year. You have caught a lot of fish on a jerk bait, you know, in a whole bunch of years before. It's like got to be one of your top two or three confidence baits, I assume, right? Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, it is. <laughs> Maybe number when, one. Um, yeah. When when did you? And s- even more so with with Los Live Sonar. Now it's it's even greater. So I liked it before Live Sonar when not as many people liked it, but now it's even more of a even more of a player everywhere we go. Yeah, like throughout, I was watching a little bit of Bass Live this morning, and you know, lo and behold, there was Brandon Palinick throwing a jerk bait on the Tennessee River in June. And, you know, you like Michael Neal won on a jerkbait on Rayburn in the winter. You finish 13th on Rayburn with a jerkbait in the winter. Guys catch them in Florida on a jerkbait all the time. Wash them almost won. You've almost won on a jerkbait down there. Like, it's mm-hmm. apparently, like, the world's greatest lure. When did you kind of... <laughs> When did you start to like get confidence in it and really insert it into your arsenal? Has it been like just always there because they eat it in Kentucky no, or? <laughs> no, it was when I was a co-angler. It was just a really good co-angler bait um, in a lot of places we went. Um, you know, it's just you're, you're, a lot of times guys are fishing bottom and it's just something a little different. You can throw it at suspended timber out, you know, you can down the side of a dock. I mean, guy maybe skipping a jig up on her, you can throw it down a float and catch one. It's just, it's a bait. You know, you're 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 fishing for a different fish a lot of times. You just are. Um, and there's no bait other than like a big swim bait that has more draw power than a jerk bait. Like if you get a jerk bait near a bass, he's gonna follow it at least a little bit. And if they mess up and run into it while they're and they even if they're not in the mood to eat and they just mess up a little bit as they're going to like dan- i call it dancing with it checking it out and uh, if they mess up a little bit they're hooked and you have a chance to catch them um it's just a an awesome bait and with live sonar it's taught me a lot more about how much draw power jerk bait really does have i mean like i said if you get it within a foot or two of a bass he's gonna like follow it for a bit uh, yeah. they're just it's very enticing to them <laughs> uh so yeah i would say you know i've always always liked it but and always caught fish on it and it probably started in my in my co-angler days and uh and i just kept it kept it rolling uh ever since then and when and you know when active target live sonar became came so so prevalent you know it it plays even more no doubt. Yeah, it seems like so you know live forward facing sonar like it's and a jerk bait too. Really, they've they have taught me a lot about fish behavior. Like one thing I've noticed is that smallmouth bass actually move pretty fast when the water is like forty degrees. Like you don't have to move bait <laughs> slow uh, <laughs> necessarily. Yep. Um, uh-huh. And like you know it's a. Uh, it's fascinating to be able to see that, you know, third dimension and actually know what's going on out in front of the boat. And like, gosh, a jerkbait is perfect for pulling those fish around. It really is. It really is. And, and you also learn how, how smart they really are. Cause like, you know, 
I caught a lot of fish on on a jerk bait uh, at Smith Lake last year. I, I think I finished twelfth there, thirteenth or something. I, I don't know, eleventh maybe. But anyways, you every point would have a big school spots on them, and you could roll up and jerk, and you pretty much had to catch one on your first or second cast because if you didn't, the whole school was gonna follow it to the boat. And once they knew, you know, once they would follow it in. And get close enough to the boat, you were you were done. You just might as well rip your shoulder up and go. And it's the same in a lot of places. Like I was at, at Rayburn, I was jerking, and I would have you know I'd identified a handful of uh, stumps and brush piles. One of the brush piles being I was sharing actually with Michael Neal up there near the canyons, and um, you you would throw the jerkbait out there, and and you really it was your first or second cast was absolutely crucial. Um, and if they didn't bite it, then, you know, you were, you were, you could try and drag something through it after that, like a drop shot or something, but you know, that big fish is going to bite on that first cast, uh, on a jerk bait. And if it doesn't happen, then you might as well just rotate to your next little deal and, and come back. Uh, you don't have to give it too long of a rest, but a little bit, um, and, uh, and come back to it. Um, they're just you know they're not dumb <laughs> they didn't get big by, by being dumb so uh yeah i mean i've learned i've learned that a, a lot about that um uh, with active target and, and how they uh how they set up on things and how how they how they react to to your boat and uh the pressure i feel like with a big swim bait like kind of dialing in a specific angle on any given spot is can be really important have you noticed that with a jerkbait, or is it more, do you think, it's that first look at it, and then, you know, you could come back at the exact same angle next time, and maybe that's the time yeah. that they bite it. Does that make sense? Yeah, angles are always a big thing, you know, they are, because, like, it may be presented in a way that, that they're used to feeding, they're used to seeing bait come through, and, and all that good stuff, but I think angles even more so are important on on how on how the fish are show up if that makes sense on 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 your live sonar and how your bait shows up so if you're if you're on the shallow side or i'm sorry if you're on the deep side um cast them way up shallow like you're probably not going to see your bait until if your if your cover structure is on a break you're probably not seeing your bait until it's past the structure like you can see it, you can see it, but I'm talking like a lot of times I like to fish a jerk bait around like pretty shallow, like, you know, less than seven, eight foot. Um, and when you're making a long cast of something right on a break in like four or five, um, a lot of times it doesn't show up good. So I like to really get the angle where, where I can see my bait the best and the fish that I'm fishing for. I know that's probably confusing for people listening, but, um, you know, being on like an angle where you're kind of looking at the whole break is the best. Um, you don't want to be looking dead on to the, to the hump or like the structure. You want to be kind of looking like at an angle if it's sitting on a break, if it's just a, if it's an isolated piece of structure on a flat on like a sloping, like really, uh, just slow sloping flat or, or, or bank, then it doesn't matter so much. But if it's sitting on, sitting on a break, uh, you know, there are angles in which your bait shows up the best on. So what is that 
angle generally? Is it like you being a little bit on the deep side of it, or is it you being a little bit on the shallow side of it, or does it really vary too yeah, much? To... I, I, it, it varies so much to put it on like the stick. So like at Gunnersville, um, I was jerking. I caught a lot of my fish jerking at Gunnersville. Um, a lot of my limit fillers get like 14, 15 pounds, and uh, and I weighed a lot of those fish in. Um, but when I was, you know, and I was just running a bunch of new water, just to take a jerk and just literally going. Uh, at one point, I fished like two, two miles of bank, you know, like, and okay. you'd find little subtleties, little little grass patches, and little, you know, a little turn in the bank or a little flat part in the bank that kicks out and had some grass, or it'd be a, you know, a stump out there. It's just little, or like maybe a little, there'd be a steeper point of rock, and then you'd come to some railroads or some old barge ties and catch one on that. Then it'd be another piece of grass or strip of grass. And then you'd catch one on a, on a bridge pier or a bridge, you know, a piling, called fish on pilings. But I came across some old railroad ties that were sitting horizontal in the water and fish really always like, for some reason they like some stuff lays hor- not horizontal, but like 45 degrees, you know? Yep. Um, and I found some old, old railroad ties or barge ties that were, laid over under the water and uh every day i would catch one you know three plus pounder off those and uh and i had to make like the right cast on those because every day there'd be three or four big ones sitting on it and uh and i had to make this one certain cast i had to like put my boat against the back of the bank in order for me for my bait to show up right and and me to be able to see the fish and how they're reacting because the one I caught literally was like, I let my bait sit still like five feet from my troll motor for like six seconds and I popped it up once and it ate it. So, (laughs) you know, it just changes the game having that view and and just lining yourself up to get the best view of, of, of the structure and of the fish um, is, is, is my best advice. I know that's pretty vague, but it changes on every scenario. Um, and then another thing is also always watching your bait. Like if you're just going down the bank, watch your bait come back in. I mean, don't, don't, you always need to be watching your, your, your active target or your live sonar as your jerk bait comes back. Cause it can, it can really make you a lot more efficient. I mean, if there's not one on it and it's, you can see everything that's going on. If there's not one on it and the bait's 20 feet from the boat, I'm reeling it up. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and just fish it for another, you're wasting time. That could be, that's another third of a cast that you wasted. So I'll just wind it in and fire back out there. Um, and, you know, and just keep an eye on it. Cause you know, I mean, you know, if you have a chance and slow it down a little bit or speed, what I like to do immediately if one gets on it is I'll slow it down. Like I'm ripping it, ripping it. I see one on it and I'll pretty much kill it. And then I'll rip it as fast as I can three or four times, like real, real fast, and then stop it and hope that it just, you know, runs into it. And if it doesn't, I'll, I'll keep it going fast again um, and then pause it again. I just think those super fast little just burst and then stops are, is, is the best is your best chance to get one to mess up if it's following it and, uh, and dancing with it. This year, what percentage of fish do you reckon you have – watched on your active target bite your jerk bait is it a hundred percent is it 90 percent is it lower than that like you're glued to it obviously yeah um shoot 
I would say, uh, you know, there are times where you're making a really long cast. You know, you're making a 80 to 100 foot cast, and you're really you're you're really picking your bait up good, like that 70 foot range, um, 60 70 foot range. I mean, you can see it farther, but I'm usually starting to dial in on it around there. Um, but you get bit sometimes, right? When it gets out there and you get three or four rips down, you don't see those. So, man, I don't know. I would say at least three quarters of them, um, for sure. <laughs> That's uh, a, it's amazing yeah. to say that now when just like four years ago, three years ago, you'd be like, like, it's just, there's so much that's not a mystery anymore. You know, it's, a, it's really yeah. wild. Yeah. Yeah. And those fish, I'm, I'm not saying I would have, I wouldn't have caught any of them without it, but it would have been a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you're trying to dial in like a specific jerk bait, what, what are your, what are your sort of qualities that you're looking to adjust to make fish commit or make fish or draw fish? Is it bait? Is it color? Is it retrieve? Is it something else? You know, what, what, what's your yeah, sort of process? A lot of it is a lot. I mean, there's color, you know, if it's a little, maybe has a little more color then I'm going to want to go with some sort of matte or like a white finish. And if it's got that panic darker color, I really like something that's got a lot of flash and chrome. And, uh, if it's clear, the same thing, I like a, you know, just a more natural, uh, flashy, uh, sometimes translucent, uh, color, but pretty, pretty standard, um, and straightforward with that stuff. But the other, the other big deal is, is rate of fall, um, and the, and the amount of weight that your jerk bait has on it. Um, you know, I, I always want my jerk bait to like, at least at the very minimum, I want it to suspend. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I like it if it's, I mean, sinking just a hair, like, just just a bit less than suspend is about perfect okay um but you definitely want it at least to suspend i mean it just depends on 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 if you're fishing brush piles are you fishing stumps and creek channel turns are you just going down the bank are you fishing grass you know if you're fishing if you're fishing really shallow cover and grass suspending perfect um that's what you want um but if you you know like at rayburn i was i was waiting my jerk bait you know, um, and that's, that's something that I don't really share with a lot of people, but I was definitely waiting my jerk bait down. You can be a lot more efficient. Um, you don't want it sinking like a rock, but you need to get it to where it is sinking some, um, cause very slowly, but you want it to sink that way when you're making that cast and you're fishing that brush pile, that's an eight, nine foot, and you need to get your jerk bait down five, six foot pretty quick. Um, it'll get down there um so and, and also a fish you know uh, if you're if that jerk bait's just slowly falling and it's trailing behind it and you kill it and that thing just just floats down right in front of its face a lot of times it's just gonna just you know suck it in um so yeah that's uh that's a big thing is just rate of fall um and 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 matching that rate of fall to what structure and the scenario that you're fishing the jerk bait Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Do you, I guess, uh, yeah, um, 
will you be more apt to change baits or just to like physically add some weight if you think you need to change something? Does that make sense at all, or um, is that I mean, a dumb I'm, question? Yeah, if I'm, if I'm fishing, no, if I'm fishing deeper, I'm going to be using a deeper jerk bait with a little bit of weight on it. And if I'm fishing shallower grass and shallow structure, um, I'll probably just use like a regular diving jerk bait. And uh, if I and if it doesn't have the right kind of just you know just suspending buoyancy, then I'll put a little bit of weight on it, maybe or. Or, you know, maybe change one of the hooks to a little bit bigger size hook to give it a little more weight. Um, you know, the companies try they do their best, but every bait might be a hair different. Um, so, like, some companies, they may, you know, supply chain's messed up. And I know one jerkbait company just started, they have totally different split rings than they used to have. So, a lot of that makes a difference, and you gotta you got to notice that um, because little changes like that can change how bait uh, sits in the water and, and, and acts when, when, when you're fishing it. Makes sense. Are you the kind of guy, like, do you like to put all new hardware on a bait when you get it? Like, are you putting on new hooks, new split rings, or are you fishing it straight out of the package? What's your, does it depend a lot on the bait? (laughs) I'll always upgrade my, my hooks. Um, I'm a hook freak and, they could be great hooks out of the package and I'm just, I'm going to change them. Um, because dude, I'm just, there's been too many times where you get lazy that, and I don't, it doesn't happen to me anymore. Cause I just can't handle the thought of, you know, if there's something that I can do to change a scenario or to, to protect something from happening in a scenario, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always, I'm always changing my hooks and you'll see me, I'll change a hook after catching three fish if it loses i'm always checking my hook points too like if you get hung on a stump check your hook points on every one of your trebles because more than likely some of these trouble hooks we change to are so sharp and a lot of them are just a lighter wire so it doesn't take much it can like graze a rock or if a really tough part of the mouth of a fish is on it it can fold that you know it can burr that hook point up and I've caught a lot of five and six pounders on one hook point of one treble hook. So, you know, con- I just like to control the controllables and making sure my hooks are sharp is that's a controllable. So I try and keep that, uh, keep that in check and make sure, uh, you know, never making a mistake there. I like it. What's your, what's your typical rod choice for a jerk bait? Cause I think that maybe more than a lot of baits, your rod and your jerk bait is like a pretty important thing and it's granted it's not necessarily something wild but you've got to be able to work the bait well and you've got to land the fish consistently right yep i fish a jerk bait pretty fast so like i'll just start with the reel um i like a high higher speed reel seven you can even get away with an eight but definitely not a six to four um i like a seven to one reel um anywhere from 10 to 15 pound test depending on depth and structure and everything like that but the rod i use is a suede brigade black label 610 medium and i'm not being salesy i'm just saying it is my favorite jerkbait rod i've i've ever used i've been with a lot of companies i've even experimented with other jerkbait rods along the way and uh it's just my favorite it's super light 
you can fish it all day it's got the right it's just got you know it's got all the right the right qualities you want the right bends the right tip but uh yeah that's the rod i use 610 suede brigade the black label 610 medium um yeah that's, have you that pretty much always setup. have you pretty much always fished a 610 rod or have was there a time where you were throwing a seven or a seven two and you've gone down as as I, you've changed I went, there was a few years ago i kind of liked uh I, I went through like a stretch um where i was using the seven but it just got it got a little taxing and it, you kind of have to hold it up a little higher and i i don't know i just the 610 is the way to go um some people like like a six six or six eight. that's really short the six ten is perfect for someone who i'm six foot you know i think if even if you're a five ten a five eleven you know just to keep that where you're not that rod tip and smacking the water um when you're when you're jerking or hitting your gunnel of your boat or something like that um the six ten's perfect for me if you're a shorter guy you may want to go down to six 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 eight something like that but uh 610 is just it's just perfect for me it's enough enough length for to get you know to have still have some power out on long casts but uh, you know you can kind of roll casts around docks too if you need to it's just a it's a good size rod perfect size cool i'm uh i'm mostly convinced um and uh <laughs> I, I i so full disclosure i throw them on a seven two but I'm not saying it's the okay. right thing. It's just what I do. <laughs> and you've caught a lot more fish on a jerkbait than me, so I'm willing to trust you. Um, yeah, so, I, mean, uh, <laughs> I, I did use a seven-footer. I did use a seven-footer for a while. I did. I just, when you get to casting it around, I don't know, when you're using little roll cast and around your gunnel and your trolling motor, and I, I don't know. 610 is just more manageable. Um, I feel like one, I lot. feel like that's a... It might be a bit of a, a active target thing too, where like I've found that stuff is closer than you think it is now that you have live yeah. sonar, yeah. and like it makes uh, it much more reasonable to use a short rod a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you don't feel like you need to like make that stupid long cast, and I, it's just and it, and it also goes to just all when you're fishing it all day. Say you're on Champlain and you're just you're throwing it all day. Like that's seven two, man. I don't get. I don't fish a six ten versus seven two all day, and it'll there will be a difference in how you feel. <laughs> I will. will I will give it a shot. I'll I'll do it yeah. for you. Um, I guess maybe the last thing we got to talk about here is you've got a new company that you're launching. It's called Water, um, which is a thing everyone drinks, but it's also some other stuff. Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, really exciting, man. Um, we launched it a couple weeks ago. Uh, Brett Cannon, uh, people listening, they know Brett. Brett's uh, been in the industry for a while. Um, Brett's helped a lot of big brands, uh, Oakley, uh, Realtree. Six, he helped Six Sense for a while <clears throat> with some of their marketing. Uh, it still does, still does, actually, I think. Um, but Brett and I met, we've known each other for a while, and we got to talking last year um, about, uh, about coming out with something. And, uh, we both have, have struggled our whole lives with hydration and staying hydrated. Brett was a college athlete, um, and also a triathlete. He, he did triathlons and, uh, he's always 
struggled with keeping fluids and keeping keeping his body hydrated. And same with me. I've dealt with cramping my whole life. I've been to the hospital for, before for dehydration. Really? And uh, I've, I've always lived on hydration, like those little, you know, powdered hydration packets. There's so many different brands. you got Liquid IV. There's uh, one called Drip Drop, another one called Element or LMNT. I don't know how they say it. But uh, anyways, I've, I've tried them all. Um, and there, a lot of them were okay. Like I would like one thing about another. I'd like this about another. And Brett said that he was big on them too. And, you know, didn't like certain ones. And we just, we got to thinking, man, we can do this better. <laughs> uh, there is a way. And why isn't there one that's just really delicious and has the right ingredients in it to keep people hydrated and, and more healthy? Um, and I've learned a lot about through the process, but long story short, that's where our new company, which is called Water, W-A-T-R, and that stands for Water Additive to Rehydrate. Um, that's kind of where, where our company was born about a year ago, where we got together and we said, you know, some people call it water, water, uh, but we're going to create the most bad to the bone hydration supplement that people can buy um and we got together and we went and sourced the best labs best scientists um got with some dietitians and said you know how can we take all these take the the good out of this product get rid of the bad out of this product and just create our product that literally you know just puts all of them to shame so that's what we did you know our, our product has more electrolytes and vitamins combined than any of the other competitors in the industry. It, uh, it has no sugar. It is, uh, sweetened with an all natural sweetener with a stevia leaf, which is a, a plant sweetener. Um, so we have no artificial sweeteners, you know, or soy free, soy free, gluten free, uh, keto friendly, uh, people who are living, you know, low carb on the keto diet, uh, your body naturally uh, needs more sodium, which is a, a big part of our product. We have 500 milligrams of sodium, which sounds like a lot, but it's it's not. It's only like 10% of your daily your daily value. So uh, sodium is a big part of our product, potassium, magnesium, vitamin B, vitamin C, um, everything you need to feel good and for your op- and for your body to operate at a very high level uh, and to its full potentials kind of what what we wanted to put into our product and we've got it in a couple different SKUs. so we have one that's called revive which is just what we call our standard hydration drink um we call it our baseline hydration it has um all the electrolytes all the vitamins um and it comes in fruit punch which is or i'm sorry comes in southern punch which is absolutely delicious it's my favorite um and then we have one that is everything that Revive has, the baseline, and it's called Alive. And it's, it's called, it's a focused hydration uh, uh, drink. And we added 100 milligrams of natural green tea caffeine, some black pepper extract, um, some L-phenine, which is supposed to help promote brain function. So we wanted a drink that has all the hydration properties along with some natural uh, caffeine and energy to give people a long lasting focused energy experience without a crash. Um, We didn't want the jitters and the, 
you know, the, the super energetic uh, rush and then a crash. So we wanted that long-lasting natural uh, natural boost that people can, can enjoy for, for long hours throughout the day. And then we also have one that has everything Revive has, but it's a calm. It's called Calm Water. Um, and it is bad to the bone, um, for people who are struggling with stress, anxiety, or even have trouble sleeping at night. It's a really good option. Um, that's what I use it for a lot. Um, if I've had a long day and I can't turn my brain off at night, I'll, uh, I'll drink a calm water and, uh, I'm out in less than 10 minutes and I sleep like a baby. Um, and once again, it's made with all natural calming herbs and, and, uh, minerals, uh, big ones, ashwagandha, lavender, chamomile, uh, beetroot extract, which is known to promote uh, lower blood pressure. Uh, so, man, it's just a it's a good soothing drink, um, it, and and I absolutely love that one. Um, so that's our three. We got Revive, which is your baseline hydration, our Alive, um, which is kind of more of a, a, a focus energy, natural focus energy, and then we've got Calm. Uh, the calm water. So those are our three and it's been, it's been fun, man. Uh, we've been selling quite a bit of it and, uh, just looking to ramp up marketing here soon and, uh, and and try and try and keep it rolling. We're got, we're about to order more inventory. Um, so, uh, it's exciting time. And it's not like it's those, it's not a like a, something you squirt into yeah. your water. It, you're not buying the whole water Sorry, bottle. Yeah, you're buying like packs of no. like a powder, yep. essentially, right? We, it's a lot. Yep, it's a powder. So it's a lot like if people have ever had a liquid IV. It's similar to that. Um, you know, but like I said, it, it comes in. It comes in a square pouch versus a stick pouch. Ours come in little squares. They got a perf corner, and there's uh, eight grams of powder, and you mix it with twelve. 20 ounces of water depending on how sweet you like you like things you know go with less water um and uh you mix it in there and stir it up and enjoy you know we recommend people having one every day at a minimum and if you're really you know really struggle with uh sodium intake or you need more sodium if you're doing a keto diet you definitely need more sodium because your body uses more uh more sodium and during the metabolism process when you're eating a keto diet. So we recommend our people who are working out or in the sun a lot, drinking a couple of them a day. Um, but yeah, they come in, we, they come in 10 packs. Of, we got a 10 pack and a 30 pack and, uh, they, they come in a resealable, uh, resealable pouch. So, you know, you pull one out, reseal your pouch, put it in your boat, put it in your, you know, your purse or put it in your medicine next to your nightstand. Uh, yeah, and they're great for if you. If they're also great if you've uh, if you're gonna have a long night out or have one too many beers. Um, it will. Uh, it will. It's that is your best friend then too. Having a having a revive water either before or the next day can really uh, can really bring you back to life. <laughs> I like it. I feel like you've kind of always had an angle on like extra things to do. I think you like you're not. You had graph class, which I think is still going, and then you, I think you're real. You sell real estate too, am I right? Like you're not, you're yeah. you're able to pick up all these other threads. It feels like with ease. Yeah, man, I'm super. I've always been had a really busy mind, and uh, you know, fishing takes up a lot of my time. But 
there's still free time at home to uh, to be creative and uh, find other ways to uh, to make a living and have fun. You know, I enjoy doing these kind of things. Uh, it's fun. I did graph class. I sold. I don't have any daily obligations. I sold majority share, but I still am a partner in it. Um, so that was a fun project coming up with that. And, uh, we, uh, we have even higher hopes for, for water, uh, for our new project here. So, uh, I'm looking forward to the, to this journey. It's just getting started, um, with this, with this project and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I hope, uh, everyone listening, uh, would love for them to, to go check it out. It's water, W-A-T-R nutrition dot com and we're water nutrition on facebook instagram and tiktok as well uh w-a-t-r nutrition um check us out uh i have a code it's jh10 that i that i give people um help you save some money uh, a little bit of money at uh at checkout so uh yeah man happy to happy to share that with everyone and hopefully everyone gets to try it i i'm really passionate about it because it works and i'm just really excited because the reviews and and all the all of the uh, responses we've gotten from all of our our early customers have just been nothing but good. And some people, you know, have said it's absolutely like changed their life. You know, no more headaches. They feel great. More energy. I have a buddy who deals with a lot of stress and anxiety. He's like, man, this is an absolute. He subscribes. We have a subscription uh, option as well, and he subscribes to the calm and says that it's just. It, it, it's literally changed his life his daily life so it's cool to hear that man uh you know it's satisfying to hear that you know the product that we came out with really helping people so it's uh it's been fun that's cool it's not like it's not in my head what a uh like i guess what a bass fisherman would be dialed in and on and doing because you know for so long it's like bass fishing is like it's about a honey bun and you know a mountain dew in the morning but it's also like something you totally have a lot of expertise at and you're i mean you're an athletic guy yeah and like it makes sense you know i think you're seeing that i think you're seeing that change though um you look at a lot of the young younger kind of you know man it's important it's really important to take care of your body out here um and, and put the right things in it. I mean, it's a long year and we spend a lot of time out there and, uh, we really put our, put our bodies through the ringer and, and consuming the right amount of fluids and the right amount of electrolytes and the right food is, uh, is very important. I know no one's perfect and you got to live a little, but it, it makes a huge difference putting, putting the right things in your body and, and doing the right things. Uh, you know, eating wise and, and, and health wise, uh, it makes a huge difference. It just does. And the way you feel and your energy and, and even your mood, man, it, it can affect your, your brain function and, and decision-making and everything else. Um, so it, I think it's important. <laughs> Absolutely. I, like I would recommend everybody who's, who's going to be in the heat, you know, if it's love for you, try our product, but if not, you know, get another electrolyte replenisher and make sure you're drinking plenty of fluids and, uh, and not eating a bunch of junk food on the boat. It'll, it'll make a big difference. I like it. Well, John, thanks. Uh, I guess a ton for coming on. I enjoyed every, uh, every minute of it. Um, 
we've obviously we've got water, but where before we go, where else can people find, follow all that jazz? Because you've got a lot going on online too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, love for people to keep up with my uh, my fishing journey. Um, it's I'm on Instagram. It's J Hunter Fishing. I'm on Facebook, John Hunter Fishing. YouTube, John Hunter Fishing. And uh, also stream my. I have a show called Limitless, a fishing show. We 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 put it on YouTube, but it also airs on Waypoint TV. So if you have uh, if you have Samsung TV, Waypoint the Waypoint channels on there. Um, they also have an on-demand app that can be downloaded through the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Um, it's Waypoint TV, and uh, you can stream uh, stream the Limitless uh, uh, blog blog series there. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, how people keep up with me. Uh, is the we'll, one from uh, we'll Pickwick up? The is the no, one from because uh, I've heard that one has some epic footage. <laughs> yeah, it does, man. My first day at Pickwick, uh, it was crazy, and uh, it was uh, it was we got it all in film, and uh, that will be up this week. Uh, so that's exciting. That'll right. be up this week, and then Gunners will Gunners will be up next the week after. Um, all right i'm 110 watching pickwick (laughs) yeah yeah we got some good content coming out in the next couple weeks it's exciting cool well uh john thanks for coming on uh good luck you know at the james the rest of the year with you know the aoi race and uh we'll see you down in virginia not too long thanks jody we'll see you there